He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Hello and welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Today we have a very special guest, but before I introduce him, I want to remind everybody to go to GolfOklahoma.org. GolfOklahoma.org, today there's a great story about Austin Ekro being named to the Walker Cup team, and Golf Oklahoma is also where you can find us, the 73rd Hole, as well as information on the 2021 Senior PGA Preview Magazine. Today, without further ado, uh, we are talking to the other Walker Cupper, uh, Quade Cummins. He's on the show, a.k.a. Scotty Buckets, the one-third of the Burley Boys, the man with the biggest belt in college golf. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good. Glad to be on. Yeah? Well, how uh, how did you find out the news of you being on the Walker Cup team? Yeah, so this is, this is a pretty good story that... You know, I hope I hope Coach Hibble doesn't really get mad at me about this. But <laughs> so we're playing down at Seminole uh, in Tallahassee, and uh, Coach Hibble's dad is walking with me. He when he goes to tournaments, he'll watch you know three or four holes of each player. He kind of fall behind and watch some guys. And I finished the ninth hole, and I kind of checked my phone. It was a long walk. It was probably two hundred yards to the tenth tee. I check my phone, I see that I have uh, a missed call and a text message, and it says, hey, this is the president of the USGA, um, give, me, give me a time and, and we can chat. And I tell Coach Hibble's dad, I'm like, hey, like, should I call this guy back right now, like in the middle of my round? And he was like, no, 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 just wait, just like expect for the best. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And he's, and he's like, just play this last nine holes like a walker cupper. Wow. And... Uh, I didn't play the best on my last nine holes. I, I actually finished – I didn't finish very well. Uh, I had a good round going in there and uh, di- didn't didn't finish off like I'd like to. And right after I finished my round, I called him back, and he was like, I just want to tell you that um, you made the Walker Cup team. And, you know, that kind of turned that bad round into, you know, a little better. I know we didn't finish off the tournament like we'd like to. I think we finished third or fourth. But, uh, you know, that definitely made the trip home a little better and – um, going into the next week, it may, it definitely gave me a little more confidence and made me feel better about myself that, you know, I can look back and I can remember that moment forever, you know, going, going from that, you know, getting that phone call and feeling the way I did. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah, no doubt. On our, one of our last shows, we had a trivia game of the amount of players who had, who were on a winning Walker Cup team since 2005 yeah. who are currently top 100 in the world. Yeah. So pretty good correlation of the fact that if you yeah. make a Walker Cup team, you're going to be a very successful yeah. professional. So you got that going for you, Quaid. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of news has been came around, especially around Oklahoma, because you're not the only member of Oak Tree National yeah. who end up making the team. Um, one of your good friends, the way I understand it, Austin yeah. Eckroat from Oklahoma State is also um, going to be on the team. So... So obviously, I know you guys are good friends, but one goes to OU, one goes to OSU. So anyone in this state knows how tight yeah. Bedlam is. Um, so kind of dive into how cool it is to have a friend with you on the team, and also of the other guys that have made it. Do you are you friends with any of them? Do you know them? Have you played with any of them? Kind of dive into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So in December, we actually had a Walker Cup team practice. Um, you know, we went. We it was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be at Seminole, 
but for COVID reasons and stuff like that, they put it back to back to the Palmer Cup. So the guys that played Walker Cup team practice and Palmer Cup were at Bay Hill for probably at least a week. And how many guys were invited to that practice? Uh, Sixteen guys went to the Palmer or to the Walker Cup practice, and of those guys, I think there was only like five or six of them that didn't play in Palmer Cup. So a lot of them were, you know, on site for a while, and uh, just getting to be around those guys, I I knew most of them, but not not very well. I just knew them from college golf, and you know, right. you, you don't really get in depth in college golf. You're mainly with your team. Uh, most of the time, but, you know, being on the team with Eckroat, it's, it's pretty special because, you know, we grew up playing golf together. I'm, I'm a little older than Eckroat and I think we started playing together. I, I actually remember the first time we played together, it was at, uh, the OGA junior boys championship at kicking bird. Yep. I think I was probably, was it in the stroke play portion or was it, was it match? play? Yeah, it was in the stroke play. I was actually in the older age group. So I was at least 15 and he was in 12 to 14 age group. Uh, we played stroke play, I think. Uh, they do the first round and second round regroup because uh, I think the stroke play is only 36 holes. Yep, correct. Um, so we played the first round together, and uh, that was, that's what I remember of growing up with Eckroat. Um, so just being able to look back on that and being and being able to say that that those that pairing had two Walker Cuppers in it, it's pretty special. That's pretty special. Yeah, and that says something about really Oklahoma golf in general. Yeah. You know how we've we've talked about numerous times on our show about how really you go from junior golf to collegiate golf to so many guys on the professional tour. Every stage of Oklahoma golf is just fantastic. So yeah. you know, obviously growing up, Quaid, you were one of the the hot recruits come you know around Oklahoma. Um, way well, I understand it, you you didn't play very much nationally growing no, up, did you? You stick no. pretty much OJGT that yeah. kind of stuff. So, um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I actually only played in OJGTs. I actually played in. I think I played in uh, two or three TJGTs, but two of them were in Oklahoma. <laughs> and then I went to, I think. Texas I, A&M. Yeah, I, I went, went with you. I went to, I went, yeah. I went to Texas A&M. And, mm-hmm. I played uh, in that one, too. That's a really good tournament. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a good tournament. But mainly staying around Oklahoma the whole time. There was actually a funny uh, Instagram post the other day. Uh, AJGA put out uh, the Walker Cuppers, uh, and they said nine of the ten – were AJGA <laughs> alumni, and I was the one guy that wasn't wasn't on the list. So um, I'm not I'm not a hater on AJGA, but I think it's kind of cool to be able to look back and you know see where you go, where you can get to without being on the national stage. And yep. uh, you know if you just put some hard work into it, I mean you can do you can do anything you want basically. And it, and it shows all those other kids that don't necessarily whether it's the means or whatever to go to these bigger tournaments as, as a junior, it shows your inspiration yeah. to them to show yeah. them that they can still do yeah. it. And I've talked to coach Hibble about this as well. You know, um, I played with a lot of guys in Oklahoma that, you know, they might've been more skilled than me. Um, but it's, it just comes down to putting the hard work in and, you know, you see a lot of guys that were more skilled than I, than I viewed myself as when I was playing OJGTs, you know, you see a lot of guys go to UCO and uh, stuff like that. And I feel very blessed to be able to go to a big-time school and uh, be in a D1, you know, atmosphere. And now those guys that played at OU before me, you know, you see all these guys. You know, you got Abraham Answer, you got Charlie Saxon, you got Gellerman. Yep. You got all these guys out there now that kind of, you know, put the path down for the up-and-coming guys that I put myself in. You know, you got Brad 
that, you know, he was nationally ranked. You know, he's been in the spotlight since he was yeah. five years old. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, being able to see those guys do what they did, it's it's pretty special. Yeah. You talk about, um, obviously, growing up in Weatherford. Um, golf in the state of Oklahoma is known for the great golf in Tulsa and Oklahoma City, but you're, you're from Weatherford. That's western Oklahoma. It yeah. kind of gets forgot about, you know, like how – um, how goes Weatherford and kind of the Clinton area close to your heart and Hinton where obviously my yeah. mom's from. And then talk a little bit about, uh, your upbringing and how LB, I, I yeah. remember every tournament yeah. LB would come and watch you play golf, which is your grandpa. And then your dad, Chad and, mm-hmm. and like Maury Rose, everyone that kind of helped you come up, uh, yeah. up the ranks up and out in Western Oklahoma. How did you even kind of get into golf? I remember I could tell many stories about Quay, yeah. but I'll let you go. Yeah. So me and Sam, I, we, we played a lot of junior golf together. I, I started playing junior golf when I was eight years old in the South Central section. Um, you know, everybody would come out west because it was a double pointer. Everybody want, everybody, <laughs> oh, the double points. That was where it was at, man. You always wanted to go to that. Tour championship, man. You had to make it. Everybody wanted the double pointers. So, you know, so a lot of people came out west that, you know, were from the Edmond area and the OKC area. So, I mean, growing up in western Oklahoma, it was um, – I, I loved it because – you, you get to be creative on those on those courses uh you don't have to play a certain shot you don't have to do anything you just get you just it's you and the ball and you know you make the ball do what you want it to and it's probably going to be pretty good if you pull it pull it off but uh just being out west and you know you talk about Clinton Elk City Hinton I mean there's some good golf courses out there that you know you don't get to see every day uh it's basically golf courses in the middle of wheat fields and uh just be just being able to do that and you know you got clinton you got i remember playing with garrison mendoza yep mm-hmm. you got uh logan gore from elk city you got joby gray yep. i mean these these guys went to pretty good schools they went to i think garrison went to oklahoma city yep joby and uh logan gray went to uh uco yep and i mean those guys are i mean that's that was our high school golf season you know you show up to a tournament and you know, you can put a circle around a pairing and somebody's probably going to win out of that pairing. Right. Which was uh, pretty cool. It was super competitive, you know, uh, just being able to go out there and play these courses with, you know, you probably got to shoot five or six under to win a tournament out there, which I don't care what kind of course it is. If you're shooting five or six under, you're, you're, you have to do something, you know, you're, right. it's, it's not a chip and putt out there. Right. And, and then also LB, like who was the one that kind of introduced you yeah. to golf and who kind of taught you how to play? Yeah. So, uh, my first, my first memory of playing golf is it's always been my dad and grandpa. Um, I don't really know what got him into golf, but, uh, you know, they, they brought me along and, you know, my dad will tell stories about it where, you know, when he first took me out there, I'd last probably three holes and my mom would have to come pick me up. <laughs> and then I I would graduate to, you know, playing nine holes and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was it was always fun. And then, you know, when I got to that age where I was wanting my grandpa to get me into, I, I actually heard of playing competitively from Garrison Mendoza. Um, and I told my grandpa, I was like, uh, we got to do this. And uh, I think my first tournament ever was at Sugar Creek in Hinton, which is a great golf course. It's not there anymore. Yeah, I uh, miss it. I miss it. It was yeah. a good, that back nine. That was a tough yeah. layout yeah. too. You had to hit it straight. Yeah, the yeah. back nine. The back nine was special, and I wish I wish uh, 
a lot of people got to see that place when close it was, to, close to my heart because yeah. my grandpa Elvery Fawcett helped create that course, you know, and the, oh, it was really? like, yeah. And it was like a link style course on the front nine. And then you yeah. literally go, it was a Canyon. It yeah. wasn't just called sugar Creek Canyon. Like there was an yeah. actual Canyon. Yeah, but. it was. Uh, so my grandpa lives in Hinton. So we would always go up to Hinton and, uh, play there when it, when it opened up, but it, it was, it was special. And, you know, just going to those courses out there and then, uh, having my grandpa kind of get me into competitive golf, you know, he, went to every single tournament until I graduated high school. Um, so that was, that was always special. He was kind of, you know, always there for me and, uh, he's still there for me. He's the first guy that'll text me after a round still to this day. And, uh, just being able to have that in those memories, um, coach Hibble actually made us, made us do something this year that we haven't done previously, but he made us write a letter to somebody that, uh, you know, that's done something in your life. And I wrote it to my grandpa just telling him, you know, how thankful I am for him. You know, he was the one that took me to the golf course every single day. And he would, he, he didn't force anything on me. He, he would stay there until I was ready to leave. And, uh, it, it was, it was very fun. I still think about it. You know, we had a little chipping green at Weatherford that was, you know, you'd have it all to yourself. Nobody, nobody uses a chipping green Weatherford. You just basically, go get the cart and go to the first tee. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that that's fun thinking back on it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, it, you know, it's great to have, you know, a family member, whoever it is, a mentor to have, be able to reflect on those memories and still there for you to this day yeah. to text you after that. So, you know, obviously you grew up playing mostly around Oklahoma. How mm-hmm. easy of a decision was it, was it for you to go to OU? Yeah, so uh, I didn't start getting looked at until my sophomore year of high school. And I'm not – I don't know if that's, you know, late or early or what, whatnot, but – the first memory I have of being looked at was actually by Coach McGraw. He was he was still at OSU. I've been in college a long time, so I, I don't know how, I don't know how long ago that was. But he actually came to my regional tournament uh, in Elk City, Oklahoma, which you know that showed a lot. Uh, and he watched. It was thirty six holes, and he watched. Uh, I believe the first eighteen, and um, everybody kind of knew it. It was. Uh, he watched one group all day long, and I th- I played pretty good that that uh, day. So uh, hopefully I put an impression on him. And then uh, Coach Hibble started coming to he Coach Hibble came to my state championship that next week, and uh, this was I think this was my freshman year. Of what high what course was the state at? Uh, Lake Hefner. We played at Lake okay. Hefner North every single year. Yep. So uh, <laughs> I had I had some good vibes on Lake Hefner. So. Uh, so Coach Hibble comes to the state championship that next week, and then you know it's summer golf. Uh, OJGTs, um, I believe towards the end of my career, OJGTs were kind of more in the fall time. But I think this was still you know you go to the OGA Boys Championship, and after my uh, first year at state, I I believe I won the OGA Boys when I was I won the very first time I won the OGA Boys Stroke Play. I was still in the younger age group. And I think that kind of, I don't know if that raised some eyebrows or whatnot, but I remember my, uh, I wanted a playoff against Max McGreevy. So, uh, and I think Max, he might have been already committed to OU or something like that. And uh, Coach Hibble started to come around a lot more. And uh, going into my sophomore year, I had a really good uh, high school year. I think I, I, I don't know how many times I won, but I won state my sophomore year. And Coach Hibble invited me on a visit, and Coach McGraw also invited me on a visit. 
and I take my OU visit first and uh, going to OU, just being able to see. I actually saw Brad on my first visit to OU and, you know, Coach Hibble told me about Brad's background and all this stuff and I was like, dang, like, <laughs> that's, pre- that's pretty special. Like, yeah. you, you don't get that every day and uh, I can still look back on that and I can see Brad's face walking in that door to this day. And so going to OU, Coach Hibble took me into the stadium. He kind of, you know, wowed me with all this stuff. And it took about two days until I, I, I actually called Coach McGraw, and I, to, I told him, I was like, I, I can't come on the visit anymore. Uh, I really liked OU. I went on a visit there. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I broke down in my car telling – because every, every person in Oklahoma back then, you know, it was like – it was – OSU was, you know, at the top of the top of the list and OU, I don't know where they were on that list, but they they caught me like they they grabbed my heart and Coach Hibble Coach Hibble's special and I I told Coach Hibble I wanted to come to OU. I wanted to be a sooner. I wanted to go with cuz Brad me and Brad uh he was going to come in a year after me. That changed. Uh he skipped a grade and we actually came in at the same time. But uh Coach, Coach Hibble Coach Hibble did a good job and I and I wouldn't take anything back. It's pretty. I was just going to say it's pretty awesome to be recruited by Mike McGraw and uh, obviously Ryan Hibble, you know, like two absolute legends, yeah. you know. And so obviously Ryan uh, is one of the most nice people in the world. And mm-hmm. I, I would – if I ever had a son, I would want him to go to play yeah. for Coach Hibble after yeah. everything I've heard. I've never heard a bad thing about him. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Coach Hibble, he, he's been awesome to me. Um I actually hear that a lot from a lot of players. Um, he was the captain of the Palmer Cup a couple years ago. Um, and, you know, you run up on these players in the summertime schedule and they're like, Coach Hibble's like the best coach I've ever been around and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, I wish I would have known that. And I wish he would have recruited me. And you hear stuff like that and it just makes you feel that much better that you are able to go to school with a coach like that. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned earlier how you didn't really play much nationally, and I know um, a guy who's on the uh, PJ Tour now, Michael Gellerman, he didn't yeah. play a whole lot nationally growing up. And Abraham Answer, another guy you mm-hmm. mentioned, he um, he went to junior college before yeah. coming to OU. So, you know, what what exactly do you think it is that Coach Hibble does that enables, you know, not just the nationally recruited Brad yeah. Dawkins to succeed, but, you know, someone, yeah. you know, people who have, you know, kind of diamonds in the rough type of people. You know, what – is it the practice schedule? Is it just the mindset he puts on the players? What Where, where do you see yeah. the, the success I, come from? I think – I think Coach Hibble does a really good good job of recruiting guys that um, are willing to compete against each other. He's not going to recruit a guy that's, you know, I mean, he's he's obviously, you know, if the next Tiger Woods comes up, he's obviously going to recruit him. But, uh, you know, he's, he's very competitive within practice. You know, I, to this day, feel like my job is not, you know, my job can be taken. So uh, just feeling that and being able to compete against the guys in practice, it's just something that I've always enjoyed. I've always enjoyed playing other sports. It doesn't feel like I'm on a golf team. It feels like I'm there to compete, and I have to show out every single day to be on the golf team. Yeah. I bet your coach in in high school was upset that you didn't play football. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I have a good story about that. I I told my mom, I was like, you know, know, I played football from – I didn't play when I was little. I, I started in seventh grade. Um, but I, I told my mom, I was like, I, I, I want to keep playing football. Like, these are my best friends. Like, nobody plays golf in Weatherford. Like, yeah. they, they, they play football and baseball. 
um, like I gotta, I gotta still be in like with my boys and, uh, you know, she, she was kind of down on it and stuff like that. And, you know, she's like, if you get hurt, like, um, you know, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, you're right. Um, so, so, uh, the high school basketball coach, my dad, my dad wanted me to keep playing sports as well because he didn't want me to get, you know, fat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was already kind of a big kid, so uh, so he told the high school basketball coach because we had an off season program at our high school, and he was like, you know, if he if he's not going to play if he's not going to play football in the fall, he's going to be doing something. Yeah, he's not going to be going to play video games all day after school. Yeah. So uh, so I got into the off season program from uh, my sophomore year until no, yeah, my sophomore year until junior i i only did off season one time and then so in off season we would just basically lift weights and run until <laughs> until probably october right and then, so we're it was off season basketball and he was like yeah come on like he he played golf like I, this is a guy the, our high school basketball coach is a guy i played golf with like you know all, <laughs> all the, all the yeah, yeah. All, all the time so like he yeah. he, knew, he knew me well it wasn't like he was just like i was yeah. just getting thrown in there right so uh we so we'd start playing basketball a little bit, and he was like, and you know, I was one of the bigger kids, taller kids, uh, stronger guys, and we started playing basketball, and I and I just liked it. Yeah. So I so I actually started playing basketball my junior year. Uh, played junior and high school or junior and senior year, uh, and it was it was a great time. You know, I I would do everything with the guys. Uh, we actually were one game away from state my senior year, I believe. And you know that was that yep. was really fun for me, just being able to stay in that team atmosphere. And you know the golf team, the golf team was awesome. Uh, you know we we had a chance at state a couple times, but we also had Heritage Hall. And give some of your boys a shout out from Weatherford. Yeah, who, who were your boys on the Weatherford golf team? So we had Ryan Kincannon, which is one of my one of my boys to this day. We had Brock Bell, yeah. which is still one of my boys. You know we we Snapchat it. A lot, and uh, so we, I, I stay in touch with a lot of my friends from Weatherford just because I don't want to, I don't want it to seem like you know I'm I'm not out of the loop yeah. at Weatherford. Like I, I don't want to leave my boys behind. Yep. So, uh, you know, I stay in touch with a lot of those guys. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's really glad, good that you're able to stay in, in touch with those guys, Quaid, just because, you know, like you said, whenever you go from small town Weatherford, Oklahoma, yeah. to now going to one of the most elite golf programs in the nation, yeah. you know, it can kind of feel like a step up. So yeah. what one thing that, like, for example, I, I grew up in Chickasha, then I'm mine, uh, Oklahoma Christians in Edmond, so it was kind of a little bit of a culture shock to yeah. me, was it? Did you have much of a culture shock change going from yeah, Weatherford oh, to Norman? Yes, I had a huge culture shock. <laughs> so, I mean, small town, like – you know, you're staying with your group of boys. Like you, you hang out with the same people every time. And I go to I go to Norman, and I I basically have I have the golf team, and I'm not boys with really anybody. And um, so it was it was definitely a culture shock for me for the first probably semester. And then uh, you know, living with those guys, it definitely helped me out. And you know, those I can say those guys that came in with me. You know, you got Blaine Hale. Brad Dalkey, Thomas Johnson, Aaron Terrazas, which he transferred, but I'm still close with. I, we still talk to each other. And um, just having those guys there, uh, it really helped me. And then, you know, you have uh, Max McGreevy, Grant Hirschman, which we still I still talk to 
just as much as I do with Brad and Blaine and Thomas and all those guys. So um, they definitely helped me out. They didn't. They they brought me in. They didn't kick me out, which was definitely helpful. And I don't think I'd be in the spot I am today without those guys. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break. Obviously, I'm sending it into the break today. We don't have our guy Colby Powell, who is the GOAT, at sending it into the break. But we're going to send it into the break. And after the break, we'll talk a little bit about TPC San Antonio. We'll talk a little bit about the Walker Cup and maybe some future pairings in the Walker Cup. We'll talk PGA Tour U. And then we'll have some fun questions for Quay coming up after the break. Please stay with us. And don't forget to go visit GolfOklahoma.org. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof. It is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back into the 73rd <laughs> hole, everyone. We had a nice little intro music there from a nice uh, social media video going around from our guest speaker, Quade Cummings. Um, notice that uh, from our intro and outro, you've heard a little bit of different voice. Our main man, Colby Powell, who runs all the technical stuff, is out. Um, nothing serious or anything like that, just timing issues. So, But um, um, we definitely have a third person here. We always have a trio. So, Quade, um, we've definitely enjoyed the first part of the conversation, but we, we have a lot more to get into, my friends. So, um, obviously, we've talked about before your Ryder Cup and a little bit more earlier about how you got to OU and the kind Walker of stuff. Uh, Walker Cup. We did, we, we, we did it. We did it. Colby came over today to give me this stuff, and he did the same thing, too. He said, make sure you ask him about the Ryder Cup. And I said, no, it's the Walker Cup. We always do it, man. Yep. So, but you'll be on the Ryder Cup someday, so yeah. it's, it's not going to be a total a total deal. So when um, what what year did you play in your first college tournament? Um, my first year was my redshirt freshman year. So I was in a – I was in a full year of college before I played in my very first tournament. Mm-hmm. Well, so, what year did you? What year did you? So, did you play in any tournaments your freshman or redshirt like freshman 2016, year? Twenty sixteen, right? It would have been twenty sixteen. I yeah. didn't play in anything that 2015, 2016 year. I played in the fall of twenty sixteen. That was my gotcha. first tournament. Fall of twenty sixteen. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the reason I asked that is because now we're in obviously January, yeah. January twenty twenty one. You're a six year senior, correct? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people, not many people, get that experience, and you know, to see how the game has evolved yeah. and all that. So. Um, you know, kind of, you can dive into the COVID stuff if you want to, how those things have changed, but just how in college golf in general, have you seen it change since your very first tournament that you ever yeah. played in, or even your freshman year to where you are now a six year senior about to be on the uh, Walker cup team? Yeah. So I would say the very first change that comes to mind is Nike golf. Um, OU big Nike school. Um, we played Nike clubs the whole time and, you know, going from that change, it was, it was a big step because we had you know, we had two or three companies come in right when Nike changed. And I would say that was the biggest change for us because we were so used to playing Nike clubs. And uh, 
you know, we had Ping come in, we had TaylorMade come in, we had PXG come in. We ultimately ended up with PXG. And uh, that was probably the biggest change. The guys on the team now don't really know about that. You know, right. now you basically play whatever you want. But when I got to school, everybody played Nike clubs. Uh, everybody on the team had Nike clubs. You, you don't come in playing. I, I came in playing Titleist. So I switched to Nike probably three weeks ago. Did you switch school. balls too? Nike, yeah, switch I, Nike I, I switched everything. That's a huge change. Yeah. So what are you I, playing with now? Are you playing with uh, I've, I, I've had a mixed bag for yep. – you know the last two or free three agent years. everyone yeah. out there listening so <laughs> yeah yeah i've had a i've had a mixed bag there's go uh, through it a little bit my so right now i'm playing a tailor made driver uh yep. tailor made wood uh i have a pxg hybrid pxg irons uh a couple Vokey wedges and a callaway wedge yep. and then i have an odyssey putter so gotcha. uh you know coming to the school i had uh titleist clubs probably a month into school i had 14 nike clubs so uh, it was a big change um, going from all Nike to all that stuff. And now you see these guys coming to school. Um, it doesn't feel – I mean, back when I was playing junior golf, you know, you see guys playing all ping clubs, and you're just like, you know, you got a ping deal over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just remember Hayden Hayden Wood, he would always have ping clubs and stuff like that, and Nick would always have ping clubs. Yep. Nick Heinen. Yeah. Yep. And, Caddy uh, from Matt Wolf Yeah, now. yeah. Um, so, I mean, seeing that stuff and then going to school now, it kind of feels the same way with, you know, you guys have, you, you have guys coming into school that are, uh, we ha we have a few guys come, came into school playing all Titleist, all ping, and they don't really change to PXG. Like we're a PXG school, but I mean, PXG will come out and fit us. And if they like the clubs, they can play them. If they don't like them, they can play their old stuff. And yeah. when I was in school, it was kind of like, or when I was a freshman, uh, everybody kind of changed to that stuff. Uh, but that was probably the biggest change for me. Yeah. Speaking of uh, changes, w like where did you see your game take a jump to the next level? Because I remember in high school, like you were really good, but then I played with you about two years into college and we played together. I think it was at a U.S. Open qualifier at Twin Hills, USAM qualifier maybe. Yeah, wait. Um, uh, USAM qualifier. Yep. That was at that was the where Trails. The trail. trails, yeah. not Twin Hills. It was yeah, you're right. Trails. It was the trails. Um, that's actually where uh, our buddy Brad Dalkey yeah. ended up. Yeah, he, starting he, to make yeah. it into the Masters, right? Yeah. Um, but where did you really? And I was like, wow. I was like, man, yeah. he's really transformed his game. And and you were hitting this three wood stinger, and I was like, I've never seen him hit that. <laughs> and then your your short game looked phenomenal. I was like, man, this guy is like a totally new guy. Like, yeah. who, what did what's in the water in Norman? Oh my god. <laughs> no. So like, where did you see your game really take no. a next? At the next jump to be elite and not just good or yeah, great. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you because uh, coming into school, I was not I was not ready to go play D1 golf. Right. Um, Coach Hibble, he saw potential, I guess. Um, so we took it from there. And Coach Hibble, he, he really worked with me. That was, I would say, the first year and a half of school. Like, this is the guy. He came out and watched me hit balls every single day. He watched me chip every day. He watched me putt every day. He watched every single part of my game when I was practicing. And uh, I remember this uh, very vividly. Um, it was my red shirt year, so I'm obviously not playing in tournaments. Um, and Coach Hibble's not one to let – he's not one to kick anybody out. Like, we're qualifying. He is putting the entire team into the qualifier. And, you know, certain guys – like myself and Thomas, which also redshirted with me, 
we knew we were obviously not going to the tournament. So there's, you know, there's a little pressure taken off there. Um, he's just wanting us to go compete. Right. And, you know, I could see my, so to go back on this, my very first qualifier ever in Norman. So this is probably a week into school. I go shoot bogey free 66 at Jimmy Austin. And I remember this to this day, me and Thomas and Brad are playing, you know, kind of a practice round at Jimmy. Right. And I've played Jimmy, you know, probably five or six times before I got to school. And I told uh, one of them, I was like, I've never shot in the 60s at Jimmy Austin. And yeah. this, I'm taking this into this qualifier. Like, you know, this, you know, I might have like four-year gap. I didn't think I was going to have a six-year right. gap. <laughs> right. But uh, so – we go in and I shoot a bogey free 66. It's like a shock to the system. Like I'm not supposed to go do this. Like I, I didn't think I was even capable of doing this. Right. And, uh, you know, I obviously didn't qualify. If I would have qualified, you know, I would have been out of school by now. Right. Um, so that was a blessing in disguise and, you know, coach Hibble working with me every single day and then taking that next gap, we go to a qualifier in the springtime of that year, probably six months later. And, uh, I actually win the entire qualifier. Like, you know, this is like a four-round qualifier, and I win, and Coach Hibble's, you know, he can't take me. I'm a, I'm redshirted. Right. And, uh, you know, he doesn't want to burn a, you know, say I go and, you know, play terrible at this tournament. Right. My, looking back on it now, my years are done. Like, that yeah. would have ended my so, Just so run. people know, if you play one, if you tee it up and hit yeah. one shot in a tournament, um, I, they might have changed. Did they change yeah, that no, rule? No, like, uh, there's guys on our team that didn't play. They've played in individual tournaments, and that counts as a red shirt. Like, you, you can play in an individual tournament, and your and red shirt's red shirt. gone. Yeah, no, okay. no, no, and, your red shirt's and gone. still gone. Okay, because yeah, yeah. I didn't know if they yeah. changed that because of the football well, rule. They they might have changed it by okay. now, but I remember when I was when we were playing, like, right. uh, say Garrett Reband. Yep. He, he didn't play in one team event his freshman year. He played in two uh, individual tournaments, and, you know, if he came in a year earlier, he would be gone by right. now. Right, I so, had the same situation yeah. when I redshirted Tulsa. Brogdon brought me in, and he's like, you can play, but – you know, you're going to be yeah. done for the year after this. You yeah. Know? Or you're you're going to have this whole first year taken away. Yeah. You know, and I didn't play the first semester, so it's yeah. kind of the same situation. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely the same. So I go and win that qualifier, and I'm just like, you know, I can be with these guys. Right. Like, I, I can be here. And uh, so Coach Hibble's still working with me. And uh, we're working up on a year and a half by now. I, I've played in a few team events uh, in 2016. I played in probably two or three that fall season. I missed out on a couple and we're going into the spring of 2017, right? which is the year we won the national championship. Right. And uh, Coach Hibble brings me into his office, and he's like, listen, like I know you don't have a swing instructor. Um, you need to have like kind of that plan with somebody that can be there for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to give you two options. I'm going to give you this guy down in Georgia where you would go see him, you know, two or three times a year, you would spend the entire weekend with him. He will let you stay at his house, all this stuff. Yeah. Or you can go see Ryan Rohde up at Gallardia. Yeah. And he's 45 minutes away. And yeah. I'm like, well, I've never heard of this Ryan Rohde guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's close. Well, well, I mean, he can't be too bad. Right. So I go see Ryan Rohde, and 
you know, I'm expecting, like, I, I didn't know what to expect. I've never heard of this guy. You know, he's probably never heard of me. And I go see him, and we kind of hit it off. Right. And, you know, I've never had somebody that's given me input like he has given me input. And uh, that started a great relationship with Ryan Rohde. And he's up at Southern Hills now. I've been yep. seeing him, I I don't know, three or four years. And you were one of the first guys to start going to Ryan Rohde. And then now yeah. you have guys like Austin Eckroat, uh, our guy Brad Dahlke, yeah. our guy Hayden Wood. They all go to yeah, him. Yeah, I, actually, all I actually think – Eckroat, I think Eckroat was going to him before I okay. was. Yeah. So, but we were right around the same time frame, I believe. Yeah. And uh, that kind of started like a pipeline of guys just going. That was like the guy to go to. And I think in a few years you're going to see, you know, Ryan Rohde, he's going to hit it big. big time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I don't know if he wants that or if he doesn't want that, but like with the guys he has, he has the capability I mean, to just take it to the next teaching level. Teaching two Walker Cuppers. Yeah. That's all you guys. I mean, he has. I believe Reen Gibson has yep. started going yep. to him. Went to Oklahoma Christian. Yeah, yep, I know Reen very I mean, well. He, yep, he's, he's on the PJ Tour, and he goes to him. And you know, you have Hayden Wood, you have Brad, yep, you have Eckroat, you have. I mean, the numerous. I mean, guys. we have five guys. We have at least five guys on our team at OU to go to Ryan Rohde, and you know, you're going to keep seeing success that goes to Ryan Rohde. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, the the list you named off there is just incredible. So kind of kind of deep dive into the stuff that you you and Rody have been working on that kind of took yeah. you to the next level, whether it be technical, mental, um, core strategy. What, what what are some of the advice that he's given you that's helped you succeed? Yeah. So what makes Rody really good and what makes him work? We work together very well. He knows everything, and he doesn't tell me everything. Right. He he makes it very simple. He, he'll give me a feel that does two or three different things in my swing, but it's only one feel. And, you know, I'm not thinking two or three different things. I'm thinking of one thing. And he simplifies everything for me, but he knows what it's doing in my swing. He knows, he knows my swing, you know, I could send him one video and he can tell by my setup if it's going to be a good swing or not. And he can tell, you know, it, at the top of my swing if it's going to be a good swing or not. He, he can see... The video, I can send him two pictures of my swing. It doesn't have to be a video, and he would be able to tell me if it was a good swing or not. Right. Are you much of a numbers guy, track man, get it out uh, there, you more a field player? I, I know my numbers. I'm not a big numbers guy, but uh, I'm a very creative guy. I know what my ball is going to do probably more than most, which I feel like makes me good. I'm not, I'm not one to be able to – you know, I'm not just going to sit up on a tee box and hit it dead straight. I'm going to curve it one way and curve, and you know, I'm going to go left to right, right to left. It doesn't matter. But I have an end target, which is what I mostly go off of, and I don't care how it gets there if, right. it, if it just gets there. And you know, that's what I feel like makes me really good. I'm not, I don't have one shot. I mostly depend on a fade. Which that changed from high school to college. Which Normally I, does for Oklahoma players. Yeah, which, you hit you hit the low draw, just run on yeah, the hard yeah, pan yeah. all day. Uh, then, yeah. you, then you Quaid realize had, you can't keep it on the planet. Quaid you know, had, once you get big, yeah. Quade hitting slingers yeah. out there with the driver that yeah. was taller than I, him. I came, I came into college playing. <laughs> I, I came into college playing. I think a seven and a half degree driver. I think I'm playing an eleven now. So, seven and a half degrees. Yeah. Wow. So wow. so that's how much it's changed from high school to college. So uh, no, but Rody Rody gets my numbers dialed. He he. That's who I kind of fall back on uh, to give me information. I don't know the information until he really tells me 
Um, How often do you go see him? I'll see him if I'm playing good. I'll see him once a month. If I'm you know not playing very well, I'll go see him twice, two or three times a month. Yeah, uh, it just depends on the schedule. Right. Um, you know, if it's summertime, I might see him one time in the summer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm gone gone every week, and uh, you know, I I see him when I can, and it doesn't matter if I'm playing good or bad. I I like to go see him because he he knows uh a lot about my swing and he knows a lot about golf. So uh, why not go get more information? Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, one thing, Quaid, that I'm always curious about with with really good college teams, right? So I remember – I'll always remember the story of the day I died. When Tiger, for 2001, preparing for the Grand Slam, all throughout 2001 and even up until the end of 2000, he tried to die every putt into the hole because yeah. he knew the greens at Augusta were going to be fast. Yeah. You go to Oklahoma University, won national championship 2017. Is that right? Yep. Yep. When you guys won? So that that is the expectation. You know, Big 12 championships aren't enough. National championships is what it's at. Yeah. So – when, when, like, for example, it's at Greyhawk this year out yeah. in Arizona. What kind of – and how early do you guys start prepping for that tournament? You know, obviously you guys are down in San Antonio playing. You're going to be in different conditions, and yeah. you'll be in Arizona and green speeds and all that. Do you all travel out to the Arizona area to practice around a little bit? You know, do you all try to find similar green speeds, similar courses to play? How, how do you all prepare yeah, for national? so Coach Hibble does a really good job with our schedule. Um, we almost play the same schedule every single year except one tournament. There will always be, like, kind of one that's just kind of like, you know, what are we doing here? And <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago uh, we went to Purdue's tournament that was at uh, – The, the Dye course. Yeah, it was uh, – Right? Yeah, it's Pete Dye. Yeah. But uh, I think they it's the camping course. Yep. That's yep. what it's called. And, it's a tough uh, course. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot yeah. like Oak Tree. Yeah, we, we were like, why are we going here? And he was like, oh, we're playing Big 12s at Greenbrier. It's all bent grass. We don't see bent grass the whole year. And we're like, oh, okay. So, yeah, we'll go there, play the camping course. And, you know, sure enough, we go to the Greenbrier. We haven't seen bent grass all year. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the camping course, you know, we wouldn't know how bent grass reacts. Uh, full course, you know, we play bent grass probably, you know, most of our season on greens and otherwise. But uh, but seeing bent grass in the fairways and stuff, you know, it, it reacts different than other grasses. And uh, – he always does something like that, but actually, so the national championships at Greyhawk this year, we um, we're going out to. I think we're our next tournament's in uh, Austin at UT Golf Club, and then we're going to Arizona, which should be over spring break. OU canceled spring break because of COVID, and uh, so we're going to Arizona, and we're going to you know be out there for a couple of fun days, and. Uh, you know, played some different courses and, you know, get used to the desert golf. You know, I, I love desert golf because you don't get to play it every day. It's it's way different than other golf courses. And uh, we actually played a tournament in Tucson, which uh, which is where they just played the Champions Tour event. Right. It's, it's not desert golf. It's actually more tree-lined and rough. but uh, Similar would, type of grass, though, yeah, probably. It's uh, all overseed. So, yep. uh, you know, we'll get a feel out there and – See how it goes. I, I will give the listeners who don't know, um, I actually traveled out to the Southwestern AM, right? Yeah. And uh, and I, I traveled out to the South Southwestern AM with Quaid one year, and, and he shot like a 62, 63 yeah, out yeah. at the Southwestern yeah. AM, wow. which is a desert mountain. And so he has prior history on these desert golf courses. And um, I would say that uh, – what what's the name of the course out there? It's uh, – uh, We played – Desert Mountain, we play. Or are you talking about Greyhawk? Geronimo? Yeah, no, no, no. Ger- I'm Geronimo saying, and Cochise at yeah, Desert Mountain. Geronimo, that Geronimo course is pretty similar to 
Greyhawk, the Raptor yeah. course, you know. So be looking out for Quaid on that. <laughs> Speaking of national championships, Quaid, um, obviously in 2017 when OU won the Natty, um, yeah. you were the sixth man that yeah. year, which I bet that was awesome. But at the same time, kind of bittersweet. Obviously, you wanted to be playing, you know. How have you kind of used that as motivation, um, maybe whether it be to come back or whether it be to just get one that you – can really own and call it yeah. your ring you know so obviously you know i would i i'm glad i was able to be there i actually had to qualify to be that sixth man yeah and just being able to you know say i would you know earned the right to be able to watch that entire thing absolutely it, it's very special to me and just being able to watch those guys because you know going into that national championship i I think we were the only ones that thought we could win the national championship. Uh, you know, you look back at some of the teams. You have Oregon, which was the defending champions. They just got Wyndham Clark out of the transfer port, or you know, he transferred right. to Oregon. Yeah. And was well, at OSU beforehand. Yeah, he right. he was at OSU, and then you also have OSU to make match play. You have Illinois to make match play. You have uh, Baylor to make match play. Uh, we played against Baylor. I think we went Baylor, Illinois. And we played Oregon in the championship, which, yep. you know, they're all really good teams. And Oregon was the defending champs. Yeah, Oregon was the defending champs, which they, you know, they were really – they were a nasty team. They got Norman Jong yep. that that uh, semester, yep. which, you know, he really took off. He won – I think he won – did he win the Has, Haskins? He may one, have. One of the yeah. years. He won almost every college event yeah, he played in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he left after a year and a half, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, he was obviously a really good player. And, you know, being able to watch those guys – play against you know you see you know those really big names you know it makes you feel like you can do it right and you know not being able to be there you know not being able to be able to hit those shots that they were hitting you know, right it kind of dro drove me and you know that next year I think that we potentially had a better team at Karsten you know it was that was the same year that Jervin came out I don't know if y'all watched Jervin or yep, not Jervin but uh <laughs> You know, we there was a lot of beef in in there. You know, the media wants OU and OSU just to like hate each other, and like you then know, I see I mean, you guys giggling about it out at Oak Tree. You yeah, know? you know, I mean, you know, on the course we might we might have some beef, but Absolutely. like you know, you know, playing with your, I mean, we're all friends. We're all Oklahoma brotherhood. Yeah, we're you know? we're all we're we're in Oklahoma. Nobody ever talks about Oklahoma until it's you know they're the one and two ranked team in in the nation. Yep, and. uh you know, just being able to do that, and, you know, I wish we could have been able to play OSU at Carson. You know, I think that would have been, you know, the peak. We wouldn't even have played each other in the championship. It would have been the second round. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that kind of fell hard on me because my match was kind of the swing match. Right. And, you know, uh, I wasn't able to close it out. I lost one down on the 18th hole. Right. And, you know, that hit hard. Um you know, letting a lot of – I felt like I let a lot of people down. And, you know, those guys on the team kind of picked me back up. And, you know, Hirsch was our only senior on that team. Grant and, Hirschman. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like I kind of let him down, which, you know, I I told the guys a couple of weeks ago, I've only seen one guy since I've been at OU go out the way he wanted to, and it was Max McGreevy. He was the only senior on that 2017 team. And, you know, I've seen – Brad go out. I've seen Blaine go out, and it's not fun watching seniors go out not the way they want to. Right, and you know that's what drives me is to be able to go out the way that I want to. 
Yeah. And, you know, I thought last year was the year that I was going to be able to go out the way I wanted to. And, you know, COVID happened. But now it's this year that's, you know, we control our own destiny. Right. And if we get hot at the right time, anything can happen. And, you know, we have a really good team that can, you know, we kind of saw we kind of saw it at Eastlake. Um, you know, every single team in there can win the national championship. Yeah. And, you know, we got we got smacked around by Pepperdine. Yeah. And, you know, that just you know, that just feeds us or fuels us even more because, you know, we won colonial, we lost OSU at Merido, which, you know, right. we were like going into going into Eastlake, we we're like, you know, we got some really good teams here and you know, to get smacked around like that, you know, it, it kind of makes you feel like you're not the top dog anymore and you kind of got to go, kind of got to go and get it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we'll be ready by Greyhawk. Yeah. You know, that, that's one thing that I always say about the OU guys is they always build each other up. Even if, whether you're by your guy behind their back or anything, they're always building their, their guys up. And I think that that's what a true team is. And you know, who else is a true team is Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes West of the OKC Metro has been selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans for 66 years to last that long in the automobile business. You have to treat people like family. And that is exactly what the Diffie team prides itself on. Uh, so come by and check out the new 2021 Ford F-150 or all the new Lincoln Navigators uh, just 15 minutes west of the Metro on Interstate 40 in El Reno. Go see Lane Diffie. You can speak directly to the owner, Lane Diffie. So, Taylor, where you where do you want to go from here? Yeah, absolutely. So, Quaid, you know, like I said, obviously being a, a six-year senior, so you've kind of been around the ropes like we've gotten to before. So, a lot of our listeners are juniors, a lot of upcoming, um, you know, Oklahoma currently has seven of the top 100 juniors in the, in yeah. the country, you know, living here. So if you had to go back in time and either tell a 15 year old Quade Cummings or go out to an OJGT event now and just talk to the kids, give them a little bit of yeah. advice, what would you tell them? I would just tell them that, you know, you don't have to do what other people are doing. If you go produce results, you know, coaches don't really care how you practice. You got to do that on your own. If you go produce results, I think that's what ultimately gets you to the next level. And if you can go – not a lot of people can go out and shoot 65 when they're 16 years old. If you can go do that, then, I mean, people are going to start looking. Right. So, um, you know, I was, lucky, I was lucky enough to be able to do that, and I think that's what ultimately caught the eye of coaches is, you know, being able to shoot some low numbers and win some golf tournaments. Uh, I mean, a lot of people can't go out there and win. It's kind of, you know, it is, it's it's a trait that people, a lot of people, you know, people want to win, but it, it's hard to do. It's hard to win in golf. I mean, you're competing against so many people. And uh, if you're able to do that, coaches are going to start looking. Well, you know, also obviously in Oklahoma, too, you're competing against really good players, too. Yeah. You know, you're I not mean, going up yeah. against scrubs or anything like yeah. that. No, oh, I, I believe that – I mean, I was competing against all these Edmund North guys like Sam. So uh, And, 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 and I, for anyone who's not around Oklahoma, Edmund North, we want y'all down. So anytime yeah. we get a chance to beat Edmund North, anyone no, takes advantage no. of the it. The Edmund so. North guys are the only guys who like Edmund North, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I, I if I could go back and I, – I probably couldn't even name all the guys, so I'll probably leave some guys out of here. You know, you had Sam, you had Hayden Wood, Nick Heinen, you had Eckroat. You had uh, Tyson Reeder. 
You had Thomas Johnson. Griffin Pierce. Yeah, you had Griff. Yeah. Mason uh, Overstreet. Yeah, Mason Overstreet. Yep. I mean, the list goes on and on. I, I don't remember competing against Taylor Gooch, but I remember going to junior golf tournaments and not only Taylor, Go- Taylor Gooch, but Taylor Moore yep. as well. Both and, friends of the show. And yep. you see, I mean, you you. I was in the younger age group, and, you know, the younger age group always went out early, and you were able to catch, you know, the, those guys making the turn, and you're just like, you know, you you look at those guys like they're Tiger Woods. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just being able to see guys like that and then now see those same guys out on tour. I mean, I, I forgot to mention Max McGreevy. Yeah. He, he's out there, too. Absolutely. So, uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of golf. Charlie in, Saxon. Yeah, Charlie yep. Saxon. Uh, I remember he shot 62. We could go on and on. Six, yeah, no, 62 yeah, yeah, at uh, Kicking Bird in the OGA. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it's never ending with – with Oklahoma golf. Let, let, let's let's. Uh, I just want to put into perspective how bad it is. On the Golf Channel app, you can only favorite thirty golfers, <laughs> and every week with my fantasy picks and all the Oklahoma people, it tells me I have too many people. I have to go in and take <laughs> off people. We got too many good Oklahoma players. Golf Channel app, let us have fifty players or a hundred. There you go. We have too many good players in Oklahoma. You have to realize this. So hopefully they can get that changed. So you know, obviously, Quade, with everything going on, you know, you have to make sure that not only do you get your classes straight, but you know your time management. How do you practice? How often do you practice? Get your classes, study hall, all that. And and not only with that, but with COVID this year as well. I mean, like I was saying before, I've been talking about, I didn't want to go back and deal with all the COVID stuff this year, but you did, you know? Yeah. And so how, what's a normal day like? How do you have to manage your time? Like T-Dub is saying, and um, just like as far as a normal golf year goes, yeah. and then this year to top it all off, I mean, it has to be, your schedule has to be grueling. Yeah, so I'll start out with, like, freshman year. So, you know, my high school career, I, I, I'm I, still kind of like this, but I'm a big rule follower. And I think if you follow the rules, you know, you follow your class schedule, you follow what coach says. I mean, there's no other way but to be successful. You know, you know if you show up to class on time, our coach, he talks about class a lot. So, I mean, he, he knows when you're not going to class. And if you're not going to class, you're already kind of behind the eight ball with coach. It doesn't matter if you're playing good or not. And uh, just following the rules, you know, it gets you to that next level. And then on top of that, if you're playing good golf, it even makes it better. So uh, just being able to do that. And then, you know, as your college career goes on, it, it you, you do get more relaxed and stuff like that. But uh, I think if you can always follow follow up with, you know, if you're doing things that you're supposed to do, then you're going to be on the track that you want to be. And if you're not being lazy with, you know, going to class, going to going to practice and stuff like that. Um, you know, I've always found practice being very fun. Uh, I've never I've never been one to dread going to practice. So uh, and, go, I, and going out to the Charlie Cole Center every day probably helps that yeah, too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We have we have a really good practice facility. You can basically basically do anything you want to out there. Uh, you you can. I it, there's. There's nothing you can't do out there. So uh, it's you can do what you can basically do whatever you want to on the golf course at our practice facility. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive all the all the changes they've yeah, made out no, of Jimmy no. Austin even <laughs> since you've been yeah, there. Yeah, no, I I showed up in the uh, there was uh, our entrance was right next to our range. Uh, we started they started uh, tearing it down. 
and now there's you know four holes over there there's i mean you can you can play two par fours on our practice facility and there's four greens uh bunkers everywhere you can probably hit up to a 250 yard bunker shot if you want to try uh i haven't tried that yet (laughs) but uh i i don't plan on being there in the course so hopefully i don't have to um but you can do anything you want to out there and it's uh Coach, let's coach, there's no rules on that practice facility. You can do anything you want, and uh, just going back on, you know, being able to practice, uh, you know, being creative and stuff like that. That's what drives the best players. You know, you you can never be good enough. Uh, so I mean, just being able to do everything that you want to out there, it, it just makes you that much better. Right. Yeah, no doubt. What what did you guys do whenever? Because what what was it? Four or five holes out at Jimmy? They they redesigned. Yeah, so we actually so when they were redesigning those holes, we actually had a I think it was like a twelve or thirteen hole course, and we played qualifying on a twelve or thirteen hole course. Did y'all play any of the other holes duplicate? Or you just counted those no, twelve no, holes? No, no, we we counted those holes that were there that we could play, and we counted qualifying. You know, you whatever you were under par, over par, that's what you were. And that's how we qualified for um, – I'm not sure if it was a year, uh, but I remember the first time that we actually got to play those holes. We actually played them with no flag sticks. We played them with alignment sticks in the cup. Uh, so the maintenance crew out there was – you know, I think we were the first ones that got to play it, and it was it was awesome when we got to play it because, you know, going back and looking at the old Jimmy and, uh, you know, being able to see the new holes and being able – being able to actually play them, it's it's very different. I don't know if you guys remember the old Jimmy or oh, not. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, I mean, number eight was a completely different Way change, different, yeah. which I think it, w- it was probably the biggest change for me. It was a good change. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I th- I think it's a better course with the new bunkers. The, the bunkers went in first. We actually got to play the new bunkers before they redid the course. And uh, – you know, going back on that, playing the 12 or 13 hole qualifiers, you you don't have those, you know, cl- that closing stretch. Yeah. I mean, you got to go, you got to go all out for 12 or 13 holes. You don't have those easy birdies coming in. And uh, I think it made a lot of people better playing only 12 or 13 holes. Yeah. You, you were talking about your freshman years. Now, this year, like, what do you have to do? Like, when you wake up in the morning, you got a COVID yeah, yeah. test. Like, what's the oh, life of a – The COVID like, test. Like, what's a life <laughs> of oh, a yeah. – uh, Those are the words. <laughs> Did you have to do the nose swab? Oh, uh, we got to do – we got to do – Life so, of a D1 athlete. Yeah, yeah. So, so the COVID swab, we probably got a COVID test. Uh, we, we have to COVID test every single time before we leave for a tournament. So that's, right. like, not an option. Um, and then other than that – it's probably every two weeks if we're not traveling. Right. So, like... Um, is it random or everybody? No, it's everybody. It's everybody. So, if you test positive, you don't have to test for a coat. You don't have to test again for so many days. I don't know how many days it is. Um, but I remember in the fall time when we came back, everybody tested. Uh, we started qualifying. Everybody tested again. And then, like, half the team came back with positive COVID tests and we're just like, what the hell? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Well, like we leave for a tournament in like two weeks. And this is when the, uh, quarantine time was two. I think it was two weeks for somebody that's been exposed 10 days for somebody that's had it. Yeah. And, uh, so we do that. We qualify. I think it was two or three rounds. So everybody comes back. We qualify. Nobody's, I, I, so my roommates both got COVID. 
I couldn't stay in my house because they were staying there because they had COVID. <laughs> and so I, they, OU moves me to a hotel. I stay in a hotel for two weeks. Wow. And uh, so I haven't been outside. I've been Uber eating. Love Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Got the Uber Pass and everything. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I've been Uber eating for like two weeks. I, I've, I have my clubs with me, but I've just been like putting in the hotel room. We go back out. We qualify. So you didn't hit any shots? No, no, no. Anywhere? Uh, no, we didn't hit any shots. So I, I was in the hotel room every single day. We had uh, online workouts, like <laughs> Zoom workouts. And so we're doing everything out of, like, everybody's either in their house. If they don't have COVID, they're either in the dorms or in a hotel. Yeah. And we're all doing, like, uh, Zoom workouts and stuff like that. So we go back, qualify, do all this stuff. And then, you know, it's it's ba- it's eased up as the time's gone on. Uh, we basically just have to COVID test before we leave for a tournament. Um, but that's about it. Yep. Yeah, and you know, Quaid, one of the things that obviously with your Walker Cup accomplishment, just to add on to the resume, one thing that we always talk about on the show that just got added recently is the PGA Tour U, which yeah. is a new point system for anyone out there who hasn't listened before. Essentially, the top five, and it's essentially a college ranking system for all the players. And if you're within the top five, you get Corn Ferry status. So, and obviously, you and your teammate Garrett Reband are currently seventh and eighth on the yeah. rankings. Um, a friend who's also on the Walker Cup, Austin Eckert, currently sits number three. Number one is John Pack from Florida State University, who was down at San Antonio yeah. with you guys this week. So, how when the news came out that PJ Two Years coming on, how, how did, did that? Uh, first of all, did that catch your eye? And then, almost, and how have you? How has that thought process no, played it, in since you yeah, heard about it? Yeah, it definitely caught our eye because you know, if we would have left last year, we were kind of like you know, like why didn't this happen last year? Like you know, a year earlier, you know, that could have helped us out. Um, but seeing this uh, go on, it's definitely getting really competitive right now. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, those guys at the top are playing really well. You see John Pack, he put, I think he got second and then third. Um, right. And then Eckrope played really well last week. Garrett Reband got second last week. Yep. And John uh, Pack finished T3 last week. Yep. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you see these guys uh, – play really well that are at the top. And then, um, you know, there's a lot on the line out there. And the question that I think about the most is like, um, you see those guys that in previous years that, you know, you see the Victor Hovland, the Matt Wolf, the Morikawa, are they going to stop doing uh, PJ Tour exemptions and just right. go strictly Corn Ferry? Because, right. you know, that's kind of a downside. You know, would have would Matt Wolf have won that PJ Tour tournament if there They'll was PJ Tour. They'll probably be U. able to get sponsors invites, yeah. right? So I mean, that's the that's the thought behind it. But like with what they're saying is, you get I think is it the first eight? You get eight starts on the Corn Ferry Tour. You, you'll yeah. get it through the um, what it is as soon as Nationals is over. You'll yeah. get it through the that's um, the top five. Yeah, the and top then, five through then, the uh, Tour six, Championship, and then six through fifteen what it, yeah, has 15, probably yeah. get, so you get to pick. So which they've actually out of the McKenzie Tour. They, they've they've actually told us this. Um, so you get those starts, but if you take a PJ Tour start, that takes a start away from the Corn Ferry. So oh. like. Uh, Say you you have a PJ Tour start one week and the Corn Ferry start that same week, and you take the PJ Tour start. That start is gone from the Corn Ferry. So right. essentially, as if you're on the Corn Ferry or the PJ, either one, you get that exact same yeah, number right. of, yeah. of tournaments. Is yeah. it something that you look at, Quaid? Or I mean, kinda- uh, from the outside looking in, from I'm not in the top five. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 
basically, so I have my, so me and Reband qualified for Canada last year. We have our first six starts. That's what we qualified for in Q So school. it still counts because for yeah. everyone that doesn't know, Canada didn't happen last yeah. year because of COVID. So you already qualified yeah. for Canada. So, so we, they told us that we get to keep our status. Okay. So worst case scenario, I have six starts on Canadian tour. Okay. And that's, you know, that's pretty like motivating for yep. me because that's the worst I can do. Yep. And the best I can do is get on the corn fairy tour. Right. So like, there's like zero pressure on me to get, you know, I don't care about finishing. What is it? Six through 10. Yeah. Like I, six I, through 15, yep. six through 15 is Canadian. Yeah. Yep. So like, I, I do not care if I finish six through 15. Like, right. I'm trying to get in that top five because right. like I'm going to Canada no matter what. Right. So, um, you know, obviously the last two weeks I haven't played very well and I'll have to play better uh, the rest of the season. Yep. But, uh, I mean, you're seeing, right guys, you're, you're seeing guys move up really fast. Uh, the number from first to yep. – I mean, the, the gap – the gaps are shortening. The gaps are really short. Um, and, and just to for people that didn't listen to our podcast when we talked about this, um, basically it's its own ranking system. It's not necessarily Wagger. It's not necessarily Golf Stat. It's not necessarily go- Data Golf, whatever. Um, it's, it's its own thing. Um, and, it, and it also it, – it does uh, include other tournaments yeah. other than college golf. Uh, it's uh, college golf and then – any PGA Tour startup. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, that'll be something to look forward to uh, in the future. Obviously, you got Austin Eckro, who's in third in that. Um, and a question that I was that a lot of people were wanting me to ask you on this podcast is obviously you and Austin Eckro got named to the Walker Cup team. Is there any chance we see a little Oak Tree Four Ball yeah. uh, team at the Walker Cup? So that that would be very sweet because you know I I don't know if they. Has there ever been people that are buddies or anything? See, on, I tried to look this. Up, I tried to look Walker this cup? up and see if there was uh, two guys from the same club that had ever been uh, named to the same Walker Cup team. I don't think it's ever happened. The I odds of that back, are so minuscule; yeah. it's unbelievable. I, look I mean, back there's to like ten that. guys every two yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I look back to like the early '90s, and I couldn't <laughs> think of any. Yeah, yeah so, it's hard to find enough people from the same state that are on the yeah, same no team, doubt. let alone no from doubt. the same city or and the same obviously, country. Club. When I say Oak Tree, obviously Quaid has been playing out at Oak Tree too in the summertime with Austin and all the guys out at Oak Tree. So, is there any chance? So, I mean. We did have our run at the Palmer Cup last year in Arkansas. Yeah. And we didn't win our match. Right. And I think we'd love some redemption. Yeah. There so, you go. So, I mean, there's no bigger stage than being the top amateurs in the world and playing against, you yeah. know, Great Britain, Great Britain and Ireland's top amateurs. Yeah. So, I mean, I I would love that matchup. I don't know if it'll happen. But, right. uh, you know, I think we're both glad that we're just, you know, on that team. So do you, to give the people that don't know you and Austin, you know, obviously you guys are total rivals on the course yeah. when it comes to college golf, but off the course, like give us a little insight into y'all's relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, me and Eckroad are very close. Um, I would say he's one of my better buddies that, you know, you say amateur golf, college golf. Um, we play with each other. I, I would say during COVID we play, I've played golf with him more than anybody I've played golf with yeah. this entire year. 
Um, so, I mean, I mean, we played golf together today and, you know, it was the day after the San Antonio tournament. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I see him very often and people want us to be rivals so bad. And, you know, when it's OSU versus OU, it, it is a, it's a very deep rivalry, but when we're out at Oak tree, I think we kind of, you know, toss that to the side and, you know, we're, we're buddies. And I think going into pro golf, um, you know, I don't know if people still want us to be rivals, but um, I think we'll be very good friends yeah. during pro golf. And I think that, you know, we'll we'll move that aside and, you know, hopefully we'll have very good careers. Right. Yeah, I think you're starting to see that, not just necessarily in golf, but in all sports really where, you know, but, you know, you got your Kobe Bryant, your Michael Jordans, even your ti- early Tiger, that kind of thing, where you want to look everyone in the eye and just, you know, beat them as much as you can, you know. Yeah. And while you're on the course, you still want to do that. But off yeah. the course, you know, you can go, you know, shake hands, go have go yeah. have a drink, you know, go do whatever you want to do and still, still be friends after that. And, you know, you mentioned going to the tour. You and Austin have already played in a tour event, and both of y'all actually made the cut in that yeah. tour event. It was, it was the uh, 2020, technically the 2021 mile, Coba Classic. It was in what was it November of 2020? Yeah, I believe. it was. Yeah, it was right after Thanksgiving, I believe. Okay, so um, I'm almost in almost in yeah. December. So kind of dive into that experience. What what was yeah. that like? Have you played in any other tour events besides this? No, one? That, that was my very first one. Uh, one for one on cuts, really yeah. good. Yeah. So uh, going for Tiger's record. Whatever. You got what, it. More more cow. More almost had it, but he yeah, uh, he, yeah, he ended yeah. up so, he ended up so one for one. So we have a one thousand percent in that category. Um, but you know, going into that week. I just thought it was very cool. There was two amateurs in the field. They're both from Oklahoma, OU, OSU. Every, I mean, that's a great narrative to have is the OSU, OU thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't get our relationship because, you know, we're rivals and whatnot. But, I mean, we played a couple practice rounds together. And, you know, I played with Abe Answer one day. He played with Ricky Fowler one day. I mean, it's just the the rivalry – It it's there, but I don't know if it's there on tour. You know, nobody's seen it yet on tour, and I think it'd be really cool to happen on tour. You know that, uh, right? You know that college rival that goes into the pro rival. I think it would be really cool to have, and you know, hopefully we can be there one day. But uh, just being able to be there with somebody you know, I didn't know anybody on tour, and you know, we went and ate dinner a couple times. Um, you know, just having having that buddy there that you know you can go sit down and eat lunch with and stuff like that. I mean, it helps a lot. I mean, uh, you saw it that week. I mean, it can be, uh, you know, it it all depends on how you uh, take it, I guess. Uh, if you don't have friends out there, I could see it being a very lonely life. Yeah, but I mean, if you surround yourself with people you like, it's gonna it's gonna be very fun and enjoyable. Right. Now, there's no, you're doing you're not doing a nine to five. You know, yeah, you're doing yeah. a great job. How did did you and Austin get in the tournament the same way? You said you're, y'all were the only two amateurs. Was it yeah, sponsored exemption? Uh, y'all qualify? How did you get I, in I the tournament? I don't know how he got in, but I actually wrote a letter to the tournament director, and so I was talking to Coach Hibble the whole time, and. You know, we listed out a couple of tournaments because PJ Tour U actually told us the when we were at East Lake, they the head guy came and talked to us, and he was like, "Any PJ Tour tournament counts for PJ Tour U." And you know, me and Coach Hibble went back and we were like, "Is it like double points?" No, well, not? I mean, obviously, I mean, like, no, 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 no. Like each tournament, depending on the field, has more points. I see. Okay. So the yeah. PJ Tour is like the yeah. top of the top. Very right. similar to yeah. official world golf rankings. Yeah, the exactly. majors will be bigger yeah. and smaller. Yeah, points. it's like playing in the USAM versus a, you know, a crappy college tournament. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, so it, it, if you play in a PJ Tour tournament, that's like the most rankings you can 
possibly get. So me and Coach Hubble went back, and we were like, you need to write letters to this tournament, this tournament, you know, so on. And that was the first letter I wrote to Mayakoba. And I was telling Coach Hubble, you know, I haven't heard back from this guy. You know, what should I do? You know, tournament's coming up pretty soon. And he was like, you should call him. And so I called uh, – his name's Joe. And I called him. And I was like, hey, um, you know, I wrote a letter to you a couple weeks ago. I was wondering if you got to look at it or not. And he was like, yeah, I actually had a meeting um, with the board tonight. You're in. And I was <laughs> whoa, like, I was like, whoa, go. whoa. <laughs> like, I didn't even have time to react. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, I was like, holy cow. Like, you know, thank you. And <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say. Like, this yeah. is, you know, I've been telling my grandpa, like, you know, you're going to, I'm going to be on the PJ tour someday, you know, like you're going to be able to watch me on the PJ tour. And then it actually happened like that. <laughs> like, it was just like out of nowhere. And, you know, people don't realize how I feel like it's very hard to get into a PJ tour tournament. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, no, just, just, you know, writing letters and stuff. It can get very, you know, I've written letters to probably five other tournaments and they've, you know, I, some I, of them haven't even replied. Some of them just tell you no immediately. Like it's, yeah. I mean, for that to happen on the first one is, it, it was incredible. <laughs> no doubt. How, how do you get the contact information for these terms? Is so, it through Coach Hillable uh, or through? Or how, how does all that work? I believe on the PJ Tour, uh, it's either the app or you can look up the tournament. It'll tell you like everybody's. You know, it'll tell you like the director, the yeah. staff, stuff like that, and you just send it to that email. Yeah, and. You That's know, pretty hopefully, cool. Hopefully, you hear back. Yeah. So, so it's all public information, right? Yeah, You're not yeah, having yeah. to ask anyone. Like I, uh, I got the information from Mayakoba on Mayakoba's uh, Golf Classic wow. website. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That is. Very I would cool. not have expected that. That is the way you get, get into PGA Tour. <laughs> well, it's obviously anyone <laughs> listening to the show. If you're a 20 handicap, don't be emailing these tournaments <laughs> thinking you're getting in. Yeah. Uh, let's have a little more fun at the end of the show, Q. Um, obviously, uh, I my roommate is Brad Dawkey. Yeah. He's one-third of the Burley yeah. Boys. You're one-third of the Burley Boys. And then you have Blaine Hale, Big Booty yeah. Blaine, shout out, <laughs> is the other third of the Burley Boys. So for everyone, you know, back in the day when – I say back in the day. It was only a few years ago. You know, basically the Burley Boys were Oklahoma's version of like the big three. And yeah. so, how did that really come up, and how, who came up with the Burley Boys? Because it was awesome. The Golf Channel yeah. was all about it. They did many stories on it. You know, well, so how did that really there, there's a lot come of, about? There's a lot of, uh, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Golf Channel. I don't know if they liked it or not. Uh, you know, you have Romine out there. You know, roasting us. <laughs> uh, so, um, but it came about. I mean, if you saw our golf team in. 2018, this is the year that Nationals was at Carson, the year that OSU won. And if you saw our golf team, <laughs> it literally looked like uh, – I bet we averaged 200 pounds and 6'2". Yeah. So, I mean, 6'2", 200 pounds, you don't see that in golf every day. You look like right? you belong on the yeah. football team. Yeah. I mean, no, we, we got that all the time. You know, when you're going to classes and stuff like that, you know, you show up in your OU gear and whatnot, and they're like, you know uh, – you know, you're going to be gone for the game this weekend. You're like, no, I play golf. Um, so, I mean, you see stuff like that all the time in other sports, but for golf, it was kind of, you know, out of the ordinary. And so we, we kind of start, we came up with, you know, the Burley boys and we had a buddy that made t-shirts. Um, so he made us a couple t-shirts. I think every parent of the OU golf team wore 
the Burley Boy T-shirt at Carson, and you know, I wish I wish we could have ended it at Carson the way we wanted to, but you know, Oklahoma State they had a great team that year, and you know, they were really tough to beat. And I wish we could have gotten to that point where, you know, that's that's something that you know it kind of it. I have a hole in my heart that we never got to play OSU in match play. So uh, we we were going to be able to face them in the second round for two straight years, and we didn't get past the first round either year. So uh, it was kind of hard to deal with that. So, you know, because you see OSU, you know, at the top in their game, you know, you have Matt Wolf, you have Victor, you have Eckroat, uh, you had Boshu, you had Ventura. Yep. I mean, it, it, it was a really good team. And, you know, just being able to go up against that, you know, we it wasn't we weren't scared of them. Um, we just wanted to test our game against their game. It wasn't like, you know, it was, you know, David versus Goliath. We just wanted to see what our game stacked up against their game. And, you know, if they would have beat us, you know, so be it. But if we would have beat them, you know, that would be something we'd be able to say forever. So, I mean, it was it was something that we wish would have happened, but it never, you know, it never came about. Yep. When it, whenever you guys get into the match play portion, right, so – do y'all prognosticate like your future opponents that you may have, or do you try your best to focus on the one opponent that you have, and then just see who's the next one up? Yeah, so we both times. So I've played in two national championships, and both times, uh, coach really doesn't care who he puts us up against. He believes in this. Um, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yeah. So I mean, so if you're if you're talking about you know matchups within the team we're playing against, he, coach doesn't look at that at all. Um, most of the time, the national championship course is really hard. Um, I don't know how Greyhawk will play, but if you look back at Blessings and Karsten, those are really hard golf courses. Yep. And if you shoot even par, you have a really good chance of winning your match. And if you're not really playing against your opponent, you're playing against, you know, you're, you're trying to make par on most holes out there, you know, except for like, you know, an easy par four, easy par five, something like that. So, um, you know, we didn't really look at uh, we didn't really look at it like that. You're not trying to go shoot 65 every day in match play. You're trying to, you know, play smart golf and not be out of any holes. If you're out of a hole, then you know that's basically just a easy easy lost hole. And you know you can't do that in match play. You can't give up easy easy holes. Yeah, with the exception of your opponent hooking one out of bounds and trying yeah. to play the hole safe, does your core strategy change at all when you go from – because you, you play 72 holes of stroke play, then yeah. you go to match play, correct? No, uh, both times I've played match play, I've basically kept the same core strategy. You know, you get to match play, they might throw you a curveball. You know, they might move – Par four moved yeah, up. They, they yeah. might move a hole up uh, pretty good. And you just got to, you know, think about that. When you get there, because we don't know until we actually get there, unless it's on the tenth hole or the first tee. Yeah, so you you don't know you don't even know when you're hitting range balls, right? Yeah, you yeah, don't even you, know the you, you don't know where the tee boxes are right. uh, when you're hitting range balls. So uh, when you get out there, you just gotta kind of go with the flow and see what happens. Yeah, I mean the key is always to get buckets, and uh, I hear. <laughs> I mean, I don't hear. I I play some Xbox with you, Quaid. How did the name? And we had our buddy Colby Powell. This is his question that he wanted me to ask yeah. you. Yeah, he said, "Where did Scotty Buckets come from?" Scotty Buckets. I've had that Xbox Live name since I was probably since I had my first Xbox. Did you have or the o- actually since Xbox Live came? Did out. you have the OG Xbox or E three six? No, I had the OG Xbox. I had t- Tiger Woods two thousand four. I, 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 I just beat I just beat the Tiger Challenge last night. And I was playing a PS two baby. Yeah. We get into no, it all day. I, I had Tiger O four. So I mean, I had the OG Xbox. Whenever Xbox Live came out, I don't know what happened. I just I, Scotty Buckets <laughs> just came to mind. Like I. 
Yeah. I, I have no explanation. Tiger had the Scotty and he yeah. got buckets. Yeah. Scotty. No, is, is that what it is? Is it Scotty Cameron? No, no, is that no. It, it, was oh. just, it was just Scotty buckets. Is it Scotty, <laughs> Scotty Pippen? Maybe? No, no, I, I, no Scotty? No, I have no idea. <laughs> how, how old were you when you came up with, with the name? I, so I was probably in like seventh or eighth grade. There we go. <laughs> and then the other, the other question that uh, I had someone wanted to ask, ask you was – Obviously, you're a big WWE guy, yeah. and and you got the Stone Cold Steve Austin. We yeah. just played the intro music coming out of the break, um, and obviously, you're known for your big belt and yeah. everything. So, where did your love for that stuff kind of come in, and and like what? Why do you love Stone so, Cold Steve Austin? No, so no, much? It, it's not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. It's, it's kind of basically '90s to 2000s WWE. Okay, I mean, if you don't, I I just don't understand that people how people don't like that style <laughs> like of, of WWE. I mean, you, my guy is the undertaker. Yeah. I, I told our media guy that I wanted the undertaker music over the Steve, uh, stone cold, Steve awesome music, but he couldn't like the, you know, the lighting wasn't good or yep. whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, stone cold, Steve Austin, I'll, I'll take the music, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it's just something that I grew up watching. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not into it now. Yeah. Uh, all those all those OG guys are kind of gone and whatnot. But I I used to I used to watch Monday Night Raw and uh, Friday Night SmackDown every single night. Like uh, <laughs> Monday, you know, you had Monday Night Raw and then Friday Night SmackDown. I used to watch it every and, single time. And I hear that your coach even texts you. Coach Hibble texts you even when he sees some cool like WWE stuff. Yeah. So I mean, he no, it's actually it's Bill. Bill uh, Alcorn, our assistant coach. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's super into WWE. Like okay. he's he's been like <laughs> I think he's been to like two or three WrestleManias. <laughs> so like he knows everything. Like to this day, like he's he's up to date and everything. So I mean, he watches it all. And you know, he has a son. I think he's probably five or six years old by now. And uh, he he's into it too. So I mean, it it's something that their family enjoys. And you know. I wish the Undertaker was still in it because yeah. I would still be watching if and then, those guys were still there. And then there. the belt, where does yeah. the belt come no, from? So the and belt the, and the facial hair. Yeah, so the belt came from so we have the ransom course, which is new to uh you know, it wasn't there when I got right. there. It's part of the practice yeah, facility yeah, it's, it's that it's we the were talking about facility. earlier. And uh so we got to campus and you know, I was I was telling coach we should have a tournament in a in a trophy for our ransom course. And I was like, what if we do a WWE belt? Like, <laughs> like this isn't an ordinary trophy. Like, this is a, like when you see this belt on videos and stuff, like, this is a full blown world heavyweight championship belt. Like, this thing is like legit. Like, it, it probably, it probably weighs probably 20 pounds. And uh, so we do a tournament, and it's basically a match play tournament. And, you know, uh, the one seed, you know, plays whoever we actually do it where uh if you lose your match you drop down a spot yeah and uh so if you work your way up to the championship there's a championship match uh most of the time and if you win the championship you get the belt and then the next week if you lose you lose the belt so I mean, <laughs> you, awesome. just, you just drop a match and uh that's how the belt came about yeah that's definitely incentive there quite and you know one last question i have for you before we get out here we've been really you've been really gracious with your time when we had Taylor Gooch on last, we got a pro's perspective. So one of the best amateurs in the game, got to get your perspective. It's one of the biggest topics in the game in golf and on our podcast. Yeah. Where do you stand on the USGA and the RNA distance debate? So the distance debate, uh, I I don't buy the distance debate. I don't think that I I don't think that people 
need to hit it shorter to play golf. I think you just need to play smarter if you really want to shoot well. Like, I mean, DeChambeau, if he wants to hit it 400 yards, let him hit it 400 yards. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, since he's been doing this, what has he won, like, one time? Right. So yeah, I mean, He won the U.S. Open by six strokes, and everyone thinks yeah. he's... And he, he won miss, in he's Detroit missing, or whatever. Yeah, he's won twice. So, I mean, he's missing cuts yeah, okay, now, finishing 40. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I mean, I mean if, you, if you want to hit it far, I think there should be... I mean, I think hitting it straight, there will always be, you know, people will want to hit it straight over hitting it far until you get to those, you know, U.S. Opens where, you know, you're losing your ball in the rough. Yeah. And then I think the only downside is if you're hitting it short and not straight short and not straight is probably the worst combination there yep. will be, ever be. Right. So, <laughs> so I mean, if you want to take away from the, I think if long, long hitters will always be long. So, I mean, if you want to shorten people hitting it there, I mean, the short hitters will just hit it even shorter. So, I mean, there won't be that much change, I don't think. Yeah. No, it's, it's just going to ruin golf. It's just going to ruin golf. And, you know, Quaid, obviously, thank you so much for your time. Kind of let us all know, just so we can keep on track. When y'all's next tournament? Obviously, the, um, the Walker Cup yeah. is May 8th, May 9th, up uh, down at Seminole in Florida. Hey, that's one Nash- point. Before we get going, I, I wanted to ask you, obviously, that's before the national yeah. championship and everything. Between, so, how's that going to work yeah, out? Yeah, it's in between regionals and nationals. And I don't know if the coaches of – you know, college golf are happy about that, but uh, that's just the time frame they moved it to because yeah. I don't know if people – they moved it from, you know, people turning pro in the summer or whatnot, um, but I think we have a really good team and a really good chance to go win. Yeah, right. So you're going to – obviously, for people that don't know, the national championship is normally at the end of May and it's leading more into June and everything in regionals. So, like like you said, you're going to have a big stretch coming up in yeah. May. Um uh, I just want to give a quick shout out uh, to Garrett Reband of OU, one of your teammates uh, who played well at the Cabo Collegiate, um, and also Austin Ekro, who finished fifth at the Cabo Collegiate out there. Um, we last show we uh, talked about the Cabo Collegiate down in San Antonio, and we weren't able to uh, to give props to everybody. And obviously, OU, the number one team in the nation, ended up getting the W there as the team. Um, so. Boys, for the 73rd hole and for Golf Oklahoma, uh, go to Golf Oklahoma, get all your college golf, all your PGA Tour, all your Oklahoma golf, everything, and uh, we're going to have the 2021 uh, Senior PGA Preview Magazine coming out soon, and then the 73rd hole will be back on Monday with Colby Powell and the other two of us, Taylor Williams for Sam Humphreys, we will have the Bay Hill recap on Monday, and we will see how all our picks did next week. So, Quade, couldn't thank you enough for your time, yeah. my friend. Best yeah. of luck to you the rest of the season and obviously going into your future professional career. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. you. This You're is the good best. Time.